0: Welcome to episode 49 of BoardWars.eu, your regular podcast about Star Wars Imperial Assault, a miniatures game by Fantasy Flight Games. Finally, we got some news for you. It's not much, but still something we will cover 9 minutes into the episode. Game discussion focuses mostly on the new map Nalhada Swarms, as well as an early evaluation of it. More at 29 minutes into the episode. Rules clarification returns at 15 seven minutes with an interesting question on when exactly you can add or remove symbols from the symbols pool. The last segment is a lengthy discussion of our play experiences in the past few weeks. Jabba's Realm modified mini campaigns, Wave 9 side missions and more can be found at one hour and six minutes. If you like our content you can support us at, at patreon.com bweu. We really appreciate it. Have fun with the show! Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of BoardWars.eu, the podcast. We are again, our team is complete, and we are ready to do another episode. Uh, We missed, I think we we missed two weeks. We wanted to record two weeks ago, but scheduling difficulties hit uh, some of our uh, co-hosts. So we postponed it, but it didn't work out anyway. So uh, right now with me today are just Jeppe, like always. Good evening. Hello yeah, and you are a little bit <laughs> hurt right now but let's not, <laughs> let's not get into that too much. Um we also have on the show uh, like uh, as our regular host um Pazi. Yeah, hello everyone. From the north. I I get it. Uh, I hope the the white zombies from Game of Thrones haven't invaded Finland yet.
1: No, it's uh, it's not uh... Uh, it's not 30 degrees Celsius, but it, at least it's 15. Okay, so maybe okay. you want to borrow like uh, 10 degrees Celsius from, from
0: there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, win- but don't forget winter is coming. So, uh, Jep, did you already show the happy first episode?
2: To, I'll be happy to chip in a few degrees from the Netherlands because it's grey and boring, humid and warm. And of course I watched the first episode.
0: Yeah. Passy, do you also watch Game of Thrones?
2: Or I haven't seen the premiere yet,
1: but uh, okay, there, there is still time st- until the winter. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's got games <laughs> it's and it's got thrones and it's got off. <laughs> wow! Oh and, shit, we we're not meant to spoil, right? Sorry.
0: Yeah, that's that's a huge spoiler. So, uh, spoiler alert. I watched it and uh, it's okay. So. It's mostly establishing stuff, so nothing. Ma- not I think nothing there. major happens. Let's not go <laughs> because, there. Yeah, let's not. Go the there. So, internet is dark
2: and full of spoilers okay, already. <laughs> so, so b- before
0: before we go into into fantasy land, which doesn't actually suit our <laughs> IP, so uh, we will go on and have a little bit of cleanup. So episode forty nine next uh, next up will be episode fifty and. We actually need to figure out the scheduling because I will be gone the next two weeks for Ireland. I desperately tried to secure a um, a ticket to Skellig Islands, didn't work out. So we will try to get something uh, from like scalpers on the on the dock there. Might work out, might not work out. We'll see. I Uh, actually
2: looked into it and I saw that they're basically sold out. I think they're booked out one year
0: in advance. I I looked uh, so. Right now you can book the last few spots next year for the whole season because uh, the season is only from like April to September or October, I don't know. And they're they're already pretty booked. So if you want to visit Ireland next year and want to go to Skellig Island, you need to book now or maybe pay triple the price, price later. Okay, so I'll be in Ireland two weeks, then I'll come back and... In the week, I'll come back. Parsi will actually head on to to watch the the solar eclipse in the U.S. Right?
1: Yeah, we'll first have a little sightseeing at, at uh, in the west western parts of USA, and then visit Shenkorn, and then after that, uh, we will see the hopefully hopefully uh, hopefully we will see the total solar
0: eclipse. Yeah, I mean, uh, you are, uh, I think. In, uh, in Minnesota or Michigan, you should be able to see it in its full glory. From what I saw from the path, so
1: yeah, it's should, uh, should. pretty much the longest eclipse or yeah, longest totality yeah. there.
0: Also the crossing very populated areas, which is not that usual. So looks nice. So uh, and he will be. Pastor, you 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 will be gone three weeks. So. Currently, we try to get episode fifteen fifty happened between me coming back and Pazi leaving, and we'll see how this works out. Nothing concrete. Uh, check us up on Discord and on Facebook, where we'll be uh, posting updates on when it's actually going to happen, because I actually plan to bring in people from the Discord and uh, also have some interviews and whatnot. So... More on that on Facebook and on Discord, so uh, you can stay informed there. Also, I'm not sure if any one of you got them, but I also got a a alpha key for for the Battlefront 2 alpha that was hosted, I think two weeks ago on the weekend. Yepa, uh, did You get keys or was it just no, me? No, oh, no, no. Okay. I'm not. I'm not playing. Okay, so I got a key. I played it for let's say might have been six or seven hours over the weekend which isn't which isn't much but uh enough for me the uh the gameplay is pretty different compared to the first battlefront and i like it much better this way because i'm much more into class-based stuff so if you like the older the older battlefronts where it's much more based around like uh, heavy troops light troops reconnaissance Mm -hmm. Uh, vehicles that uh, can be spawned at will. Then you should check out Battlefront 2. It will be there will be a, a public beta later this year. I think they say it in September or October. I'm not sure. And I'll be probably playing then too. And I, there's basically almost even though I don't want to, but there's almost no chance I I will avoid <laughs> buying buying Battlefront 2 just primarily I'd say for the single player campaign because that's what I'm really interested in but I will also play multiplayer like I did last time
2: so I bought the first one yeah and I think I even bought like an, a more pricey version of it and I played it not very much
0: okay yeah uh, when did you ba- when did you buy it
2: I bought it before it was out
0: oh okay so it's a pre- pre-order stuff yeah
2: yeah mm. um I played it with I, uh, a guy from my my Imperial Assault campaign group, but uh, he relocated yeah. back to the States, so time zones and whatnot, we didn't, and he was much better, I'm, I'm, I've never been particularly good at uh, shooter games, so I uh, was yeah, struggling that. a bit, but I was still just enjoying the scenery and uh, and so on, but it's definitely not my, uh, it's, <laughs> it's not where my strengths lie, but uh, yeah, that's, that's it was beautiful and I... it was looking great, it was just, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's something I noticed in the battlefront 2 alpha also that it's it looks very very good. So visually I, I they had performance problems of course because it's not optimized yet. Uh neither the map nor the code, so I it wasn't running very smoothly like the battlefront 1 did. But uh the the visuals were already there. It's it looked very pretty. So oh, it looked very pretty so that should be all good. So I I really look look forward to to playing the game when it comes out, like later this year. Okay, uh, that's all for cleanup. Uh, we also uh, we're also going to talk about Nalhada, but that's also in the news. So why don't we go over to the news already, like right now? So yep? Eh? Let's
2: do. And uh, for the first time. For a very long time, we have a piece of news to present. And it's uh, not particularly big, but um, yesterday uh, FFG put out an article uh, called New Infiltration Regulations, which is basically just announcing that uh, they've updated the tournament rules and uh, put a new version out, and they've done that for uh, several of their games, so it all came out yesterday. Um, And they've made a number Mm. of updates to the tournament uh, document. Um, I think most of them are done across all the games and are not specific to Imperial Assault. And they're basically things that are are common sense. Um, So just (laughs) running through the the minor modifications, they've now added that.
0: Is is it marked in red? uh, It's marked in red like always, It's marked in
2: blue. Da, da, uh, da, da, really? da. but it's because probably I'm... marked in red in the other version of the document depending on whether you used the nicely layouted one or the, the raw text um... But amongst the things oh, that they've uh, added is that they've now added that a judge should actually know the game.
0: Yeah, he needs to be <laughs> well-versed, well I read, so. <laughs> um,
2: they've added that amongst the things that you are allowed to have is actually, uh, because there's been some talk back and forth of what you could have and what not, but uh, you're actually allowed to have documents uh, and papers for the event. I don't know if anyone ever doubted that. But oh,
0: the, the judge can, yeah, can have them. Some things are own, a little right? bit
2: explicit. Another thing, which I think we actually had for EA already, but some of the other games have maybe needed it uh, recently, but they just uh, clarify that if you have a unit that could be mistaken for another, for instance, Luke Skywalker, that you should add which Luke Skywalker it is. We've had that before, but somehow they've it, it's dropped out and they've put it in again. Um, and okay, yeah. then... I think that's basically summing up, except for the one thing, which of course we we knew were coming, and everyone has been waited with bated breath, breath to uh, to hear, and that is the map rotation that was due to arrive around now. Yeah, and this is a
0: bit of a surprise, right?
2: It, it, well, um, it basically, it uh, didn't fit to our assumptions because we knew our, the ISB headquarters would be cycling out because it's been the longest in the the tournament rotation and for those who are not aware of the tournament rotation basically if you go to to skirmish events um, to to play at a local store or club um, then for certain events um, it's required that you stick to three specific maps and the missions linked to those maps and those maps rotate so that there's always three of them that are the legal ones that you're meant to play at a tournament and I think that's so that people know what they can expect and it's also maps that are presumably uh, balanced or or catered to different kinds of lists a little bit balanced between the three of them Um, and those who stay in rotation is the Angerhead Cantina from that's from Obi-Wan Obi-Wan formerly known as Angerhead Bar it's Jabba's Palace from uh, the Jabba expansion pack the figure not the box, well, you need the box set to have the tiles, Um, but um, those things are, so the Angerhead Cantina was from Obi-Wan, so that was from a Rebel pack, and Jabba's Palace is from the Jabba expansion pack, so that was from a Mercenary expansion pack, and for, um, since time immemorial, they've been having, basically, a map from each faction, so the map that's been cycled out now was an empire map and you'd expect there to be an empire map coming in and whether they've just been doing this for thematic reasons or maybe for some degree of fair play so that um if there were players who are only playing one faction uh they're not forced to buy too many expansions for other factions to be able
0: to play at tournaments but um, well, it's- what it really is, is Todd is hating on uh, the Empire, right? I he, think He's, he's meta at <laughs> the Empire completely out of the game. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, was, yeah, I was about to make some snark comment, but yeah, it could be that it's because the Empire is irrelevant, at least for another couple of months till we they see the new, new wave. So, But as you probably heard already as we uh, got into the podcast, uh, the new one is the Nell Hotter Swamps, and it's the one you get with the Alliance Rangers. So what you get with the Alliance Rages is the map, the description of it, the insert with the paper, how to build the map, and the two cards that um, describe the mission. Uh, but you do need tiles from uh, the Jabba's Realm as well uh, to be able to uh, to build the map. Yeah, the,
0: the, the expansion, the the insert, the rules insert in the uh, in the expansion, which has the map uh, on it printed, makes this. Pretty clear because right next to the map there's a there's yeah, a red yeah. flashy sign. This re, this map requires the Java's Realm expansion, so you, you can't really be mispa- mistaken about this. So.
2: And, and presumably, um, I'm expecting FFD to put out a a news article uh, within a day or two, telling that uh, the the play mats, so the printed on mouse mat like material. As they do for the tournament maps, will now be available in stores, which basically means you can get it at Fancy Flight headquarters. And uh, the further you are away from that centre of the 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 EA universe, uh, the longer it can be before you can expect to see them if they are available in stores at all. Um, yeah, I saw one for the first time in the Netherlands this last weekend when I went. Uh, <clears throat> shopping in a game store? In a, in a store? <laughs> uh yes, and that was the ISB headquarters. So I looked at it and said Okay. <laughs> no, no don't need that one. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, a little bit late for that.
2: I've because I haven't seen them here, I actually haven't bought any of the the printed maps. Except that a month ago when I was at the UK gaming expo for the Europeans uh championship in the, uh hosted in in the UK, they actually had them there and I bought the Shabas Palace because that's the one that'll Stay in rotation the longest. I still feel yeah. it's um, the thing is you don't need it if you have the tiles. Um, I don't think the price is 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 too steep. Um, but I it's do think it's a convenience the, the, item. So it's a convenient item, and it's only to to spare yourself having to spend time and wear on your tiles to put it together at tournaments, uh, which I'd rather avoid. But the thing is, after a year, I'm probably not going to use it anymore. Um, yeah, that's
0: that's also one thing uh, I think is bad for the product because uh, enticing a game store to actually carry these is a bit problematic because they are they are out of out of re- reasonably reasonable use so quickly. Like they are introduced in a year and then like twelve or fourteen months later, no one's mm-hmm. gonna buy them anymore because no one's gonna need them. So that you, you don't want to have want to have a product that's like useless to customers because only the the competitive players are going to buy them. I, I think at, at least because they are they, too expensive they look, for. They look amazing, of course. But yeah, they look then, amazing, yeah. of course. They are very good, but from uh, from a, from a sell through aspect, it's it's hard. I think for for stores to carry them. Yeah. So I'm not the, sure. I, I think if most going uh, we'll, to arrive in Europe.
1: Most will anyway need to order them to get them through shops.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because,
2: because that was I was they, just about to, yeah.
1: Yeah, they are print on demand now, so.
2: Yeah, I was just about to say I'd heard a rumor they changed to print on demand, and what that means is, not only is it more expensive to have it shipped, but it also means that you might be because it doesn't go through the normal distribution channels. I think there might be more customs on it if you're not in the U.S as far oh. as I've been led to understand. But, yeah, I don't know. I bought mine in the UK. Um, that was before the changes, and that was the Java uh, map. But to be honest, mm. I've had it for a month and a half almost now, and I haven't had it out of the... I haven't had it out of the the, the, the wrapping or the, the box or tube <laughs> or whatever yet. <laughs> so a I feel bad like Actually, a month of my investi- uh, investment is already sort of uh, wasted, but uh, I, I still like think they're worth them. it. Yeah, I still think You're they're Keeping worth it. it in shrink. Yeah, I need to, yeah. You'd yeah, put it on a wall if I get get a man cave someday to like decorate the walls or some such. Because it's looking nice, but also because it's probably fairly sound isolating because of the material.
0: Yeah, um, it's, it's like r- a little bit of rubber and 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 fabric, so should should swallow up the the sound pretty nice.
2: But I think if you play a lot, or if you actually play. Scrum is a fair bit but you don't bother buying a number of the expansions so if you save on both getting the, the box with the tiles and the expansion pack with the inset with the map and the two mission descriptions then it's uh, it's definitely a way to uh it'll break even I think
0: um yeah sure i mean if you really don't want to get the stuff that you need to build these maps then it's a good deal, I think. But even even then, in Europe, it might be bad to worse because of all of the custom stuff and and getting it shipped over here. So yeah. uh, in the U.S. in the U.S., I'd say get it if you if you don't plan on on getting Java's Realm, you should you should get. Uh, I mean, especially with Java's Realm, it's a bit of a problem because. Uh, you now have two two of these maps uh, requiring tiles from Jabba's realm, so you have a bit of a synergy effect there right yeah uh, uh. you need to spend fifty fifty bucks already for the maps alone, and fifty all walls gets you to getting Jabba's realm and the two packs i mean not really, but it's not that much of a difference anymore uh compared to when you had uh, one map co- costing twenty five covering like uh, the half expansion and the the layer. Uh, ally pack, which is much more of a difference, right? Oh, I'm dropping my cards here, uh, so might be might be a bit skewed this time. So also also might be that they they will start phasing them out completely because they don't sell well, and we have our private solution anyway. So I'm not sure that that's what I that's yeah. what I really want for them to say if you have uh yeah i don't know what he would say but it, silently acknowledging that you can use the privately printed maps would also be a very good deal so
2: so at the european championship where they were also playing x wing yeah and Armada, they must have had i don't know how many hundreds of uh star mat playmats the ones you use for X-Wing and Armada. Yeah. I don't know if that would have been somewhere around uh, 400 or so. I don't know. I'm just uh, guesstimating or knowing, depending on how many players there were, but some somewhere in that vicinity. And uh, there were no playmats for the um, for the Imperial Assault players. Now, we would only have needed 24 or 25 mats um, but of course we would then have needed triple because it's three different maps so they would have needed like 75 mats or some such but I was surprised at an official event like that at that level that they didn't supply them like they do for, uh, for X-Wing and I guess it's because even FFT has realized that it's just not viable even as a a, a formal host of some of the biggest tournaments to, to supply them because you can only use them for so and so many times, and I think that means that the stores that are having fewer tournaments are doing it even less. What they did at the Europeans was that um, we'd been told in advance that basically, in the description, that you can only use the official mats, as it says in the tournament rules. But when we were there, um, they said on the morning, as the tournament was about to begin, the European Championship, they said, the judges there then, that we were allowed to use our printed, uh, like homemade or second uh, source printed maps, as long as the opponent uh, agreed. And their argument was that it was because most of the players were from, not most of the players, but um, I don't know how many of them were for the UK or from elsewhere, but from countries where they're not available at all. Um, yeah. Which I thought was a good decision. I would just have preferred if they'd made it beforehand like so that people could have brought three them. Three weeks in
0: advance would be nice,
2: right? So people so. could actually bring them because that meant that most yeah. of us uh, yeah. didn't, those who would have access to to bring them. But I also understand why because it's maybe because I don't know if that was more a case of being forgiven than asking acceptance in advance if, from official playing. So play. that,
0: that's, that's what I meant before, like if uh, FFG uh, doesn't put this or, or even discontinues these maps that uh, uh, for good, if they don't put them out anymore, and tournaments are just not saying anything about it, when you use your your map, maybe it's becoming like of a habit, and like a like a stuff FFG doesn't officially endorse, but doesn't sanction either. So, it would th- th- this would be the, my preferred way to look at this and my preferred way to handle this. But obviously, like. They first would have to discontinue the the official maps and, but and presumably the they're not gonna th- do that.
2: Presumably their sales would drop a bit if they allowed it. But it, the, the X Men was in the same limbo for uh, quite a while because there were no official maps from FFD because they weren't making any for the first long while that the game was in existence, and then yeah. they sort of had to transition them in. Then they started producing them then they made it uh, compulsory that you can only use the official ones, and it was not received uh, kindly at first. But now it's just the way it is. I never see uh, other source maps at X-Wing tournaments anymore. Um, Well, sometimes, quite often, I see people playing on a piece of board that has been marked with tape, but it's not actually a play (laughs) map. Or it's painted, and it's a rough service (laughs) that's difficult to play on, but it's not a, a map from like Gale Force 9 or some of the others that make maps, uh, playmats. Um, I don't know, it's it's tricky because of the rotation. I, I think if you told yeah. the X-Wing players that they had to use the official playmats, and uh, by the way, in a year they had to tear it up and buy another one. Um, and they had to do that three times a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Of course we do I have mean, the,
2: the tiles, but it's just, it's inferior in a lot of ways. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, we will see how this how all this goes down. First of all, they need to release the Malhada Swamps, and if they don't within a reasonable time span, I think we can assume that they discontinue them. I think they that, will. That, yeah, I'm also thinking, it, yeah. but let's see. Maybe 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 luck is on our side in this one. Um, just to speaking. Of, uh sorry. Just
2: just to to finish off. Um, the uh, the tournament rules themselves say that it is in effect from July 5th, which is probably an indication that this has been delayed for a couple of weeks. But the article with which it was announced uh, instead say that these tournament rules are to be in effect from uh, July 26th and um, that if there are any store championships before then, then they can use the old tournament rules.
0: Yeah. Uh. I think that's that's fine.
2: Yeah. yeah. I I actually think, strangely enough, um now they speak of store championships and so on, but if I'm not mistaken, store championship was taken out of the premier event, wasn't it? They're not considered a premier event anymore. Which means you're actually free to use any maps as you want. But I okay. don't know if anyone actually doing store championship with any but the three official maps, but um
0: yeah. You mean you can use any missions or, or just, um, yeah. So so we can also use like the, uh, the Java Java skirmish mission too.
2: So the whole passage about the maps say that um, formal and premier tournaments must use those
0: maps. And okay. So it's it's okay, uh, but. I mean, everyone, and everyone store wants to play said, anyway on, on these three maps so because they want to get some some real experience on them and get better at playing these maps. I so I don't know how much sort of people
2: distinguish between these, but the tournament rules actually tell us that there are three distinct tiers of tournaments. There is relaxed, which is used for store championships events. It's basically yeah. spelled out. Then there is formal, and that's for regional championships. And then there are Premiers, which are uh, for, just says, the top level of tournament. I guess that's what you'd consider the Europeans and uh, the Nationals. Yeah. Uh, the, the North Americans and uh, the the Continental, that is, as well as the Nationals and the World. Um, but uh, Store Championship is actually mentioned. they the relaxed here. So you, it's it's funny that in the article they say that you can ignore the tournament rules because for tournament rules uh, for the store championship it's another tier but I think most people don't really uh, distinguish anyway but the rules do uh, actually. So you could do a store championship where you all had to play on um, I don't know what crazy map you could think of maybe the ones from Hired Guns I think they're considered some of the most crazy ones. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Anyway um, and just I think in closing we mentioned that we thought something else would be coming up and we had expected that if it would be Empire that it would probably have been from one of the previous waves so either the uh, skirmish map that came with Triple Zero and BT1 or the one that came with uh, Captain Tarot but now we're getting a rebel map instead. Yeah. Bloody saboteurs.
0: <laughs> Bloody saboteurs. Uh, okay, so... I think that's all from the news, because we only have one news article anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let, let's head on to actual game discussion. Uh, we will only be talking about the news this time, which is uh, the new map, Nalhada Swamps, I think. Or do you want to talk about anything else, Yep?
2: No, I think it's. Uh, it, it would be nice to address the Nalhada Swamps. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. So... Yeah. I um Nick who is doing uh, most of the work uh, uh assembling these these maps for the print on uh, that the printable map stuff we have uh on our website now. Uh he posted the 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 scan of the of the map in the chat just so everyone can look over them. Uh and I took a look and the first thing I noticed that that it has very long distances. Like, unusually long distances. So, I'm not sure if this is also used, Saul, Yeppe, Is this actually be... Will this actually make a difference? So,
2: I'm at a disadvantage in that I've actually not played this map. Uh, Even though I've tried to play maps that's not in rotation. And even though I've I played specifically the, the Imperial maps because they were consider candidates for coming into rotation. I haven't played this one, and I haven't even looked at it till uh, today. Um, But um, I I don't recall any tournament map ever having as long a distance from the uh, deployment zones as this one does. And not only is it a long distance, there's also a whole lot of um, blocking terrain, impassable terrain, and difficult terrain, that though you can track a way through um, movement isn't exactly uh, unhindered between the two deployment zones. Um, I can see why it came with the Rangers because it it really seems to to play to their strength, and and it's in a a forest. So I think that's actually uh, quite awesome. Speaking of Battlefront, I think sometimes I visualize visualize some of the maps from Imperial Assault as some of the the different maps you could play on in, in Battlefront and I could definitely yeah, see uh, you really nice. yeah. <laughs> see, see this one as uh, some of the, the jungle or forested space you can you can play in. Um so long distances for sure. Um it's going to be interesting. I, I can't wait to play on the map. I hope to maybe get a game in tomorrow uh, with a bit of luck uh on vessel. Um because it, it looks interesting and I, I think that's good because um I think it's good with the variation in maps when we're talking tournaments so that it's not too one-sided. Um, unfortunately, yeah. maybe. This may play to the strengths of some of the things that are already quite strong, but uh, maybe it will tilt things a little bit more to one direction or another.
0: Okay, so let's quickly go over the the general map layout. We have... Um, there are two deployment zones, to the north and to the south. You have In the north, you have a blue deployment zone, and to the south, you have a red deployment zone. Both of them have an entrance to the actual map, which is only two spaces wide. And... Um, there are then you have a, 14 spaces uh, between... That's the distance. Yeah, and, yeah, there are 14 spaces between these two entrances. And the map itself, I'd say you have one, two, three... You basically have four narrow... Or, not really narrow, but four corridors going from north to south, two on the either, on either side which are a little bit sequestered and two main corridors I'd say. and the thing and the the actual each player has like a terminal uh, one two, three four, five six spaces from its from his entrance so if you have a, a guy standing there it's one two actually it's four. only four it's only four it's, it's actually five but you can can gain Depending control on, of it yeah. you can gain control of it with, yeah. with a speed of four like one two yeah you can gain control of both of them with a speed of four and then you have the four objective crates uh spread through the middle and this is actually very interesting because as I see it, I mean, it might not be really an issue, but um, you have two crates, uh, the, the western crates are a little bit closer to the red deployment zone and the eastern crates are a little bit closer to the blue deployment zone, but there is a there is a tile from Chopper's from Realm expansion, a forest tile, which has um, three entrances, uh, west, east, east and south, and the south entrance actually ends in a dead end. So you cannot get from the south entrance to either of the other entrances unless you're massive or mobile. Unless you're massive or, or mobile, because this is let, there's like a ridge, like uh, impassable terrain, um, and the the objective crate is actually right at the south entrance of this this tile. So unless you have mobile, you have a long way to go to claim this objective, or you need to go straight up. Uh, straight down, of course, and claim the the objective that's actually closer to the red deployment zone. So
2: and definitely in their uh, firing arc. And it should also uh, be mentioned, I think, that there's not a lot of places that really gives complete cover. At most, yeah. uh, at most of the location, you force your opponent to move a little bit to a side to get a shot. But there's it's not a lot of sort of complete safe covers.
0: Maybe that's maybe that's nerfing the on the lamb stuff a little bit where. Even though he can get away, he might not be able to get out of line of sight.
2: And there is, of course, also a lot of blue spaces amongst those
0: uh, passageways. Yeah. Though most of the time you can get around this with like diagonal, diagonal movement or so. But it sure is a pain of uh, a pain for the debug riders and terror to get through of this this stuff. Oh okay, yeah. so yeah. Uh, so let's quickly go over the the two missions that uh, will be played on this uh, map. The first one, Mission A, is called Shielded, uh, taking place, of course, on the Hollow Swamps. And it says, Create token represent shield generators. When an attack targeting a space within two spaces of a shield generator is declared, if the attacker is not within two spaces of the same shield generator, apply minus one uh, surge to the attack results. And at the end of each round, each player gains four victory points for each shield generator he controls. This is... Uh, 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 a very, a very obvious deathmatch situation. And... Uh, I mean... It... The, the map itself f- uh, favors a little bit longer range, or figures that can hit on longer ranges. But this actually negates this again, because you get... If you're attacking into one of these shield generator bubbles, you're suffering from, uh, from a minus one surge, which can make a difference, really. So... I'm not sure what's the what's the deal with that, but yeah,
2: I so I played one of the maps we thought might be a candidate to get into the game, the uh, yeah. Tarkin Initiative, from uh, Triple Zero on BT1, and my thought with that one was that one of the missions definitely favoured melee a bit, and I think something like the, um, the oh, what are they called, the piggies.
0: Uh, The um, Gamorian Guards. The Gamorian Guards, yes.
2: The Uh, the (laughs) E-Pigs. Yes. They would have done well there, and I think here as well, because of course they also get an extra block from their innate ability to people who are shooting at them ranged. So um, I think that although it's... I mean, you have to move quite far to get to anyone uh, as a melee here, but you are also a little bit protected from just being sniped off from a distance which i think is an interesting interesting balance for the map
0: i just counted the spaces and the the most uh, the center uh, objective crate is uh, 6 spaces away from the entrance to the red zone and 7 spaces away from the entrance to the blue zone so uh it's out of reach for most i'd say for most characters yeah, bar any fleet-footed or other shenanigans, or double so. move, <laughs> which of course yeah, of course you double in. movement, yeah, yeah, of course, sure. Yeah, but usually you, yeah, you want to shoot enemy, but yeah, interesting, so. interesting map.
2: But of course we've got the um, we've got the other uh, mission as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, but you want
0: to read the the other mission?
2: Yes, um, it's called Raining Freight, and. Um, it makes me miss that in some of the first Skirmish missions that came uh, with the initial game, there was a bit of uh, fluff text with it, a bit of thematic description. And I really miss that. But in this case, I think you really have to r- remind yourself of the title of this to make sense of what's going on when we uh, read the, the mechanics. So, Raining Freight. Set up. Each player claims two crate tokens from the supply. So there's still going to be four on the map and you then, each player gets two uh, on their hand.
0: Additional ones, yeah. so there are eight in total. Yeah.
2: A figure can spend two movement points while adjacent to a crate for its player to gain two victory points and claim that crate. Um, And then at the end of each round, the player with initiative places two of his claimed crates within two spaces of his opponent's figures. Limit one crate per space. Then his opponent does the same. So you will have some four crates that have already landed in the forest, but there will be crates keep dropping out of the sky as you play. Another uh, four every round, two player uh, to put down per each player. Um, a curiosity uh, thing here, question for you, Parsi. It doesn't say anything about retrieve. Um, so would you say that? Creatures no. can pick this up.
1: Yes. No, I don't
0: think so.
1: Yes, it's just. Uh, no, it does.
0: It does. It's it just, a, it just, to just to claims. Claim the crate. So it yeah. just claims the, the. player claims the crate, not yeah. the, not the, not the figure.
2: Yeah. So that, so that means that. Um, Trained
1: nexus can pick them up.
2: <laughs> no, actually, what I, what I meant to say is that. I'm a little bit uh...
0: Yeah, but Pazi's right, uh, an exo can pick them up, right? Because he only spends two it movement points and doesn't need an action. And, and, and it's not it, an interact. It's not exactly. an interact. That that's the act, that, that's the actual reason. I was looking right? for the so, word
2: non sentient. Yeah. Yeah. Brain is slow. Non sentient is not barring you from from doing this, picking it
0: up. Which I think is a bit of a bummer that they want to get rid of this non-sentient stuff at least for the for for skirmish but i can see them trying to to use it in a way that uh these figures aren't as terrible as they are now because they, they they are very limited in in how they can uh generate victory points without killing other figures so like the nexo or the bantha so oh the panther is actually not sentient, but not non-sentient, but uh, the Nexo, of course. So um, maybe they want to buff the Nexo in a little bit of w- a w- way. So not it also sure.
2: works a little bit different in that um, you're using movement points rather than an entire action.
0: Yes, yes, which is which is uh, very th- very keeping in line with what they did in Chabra's realm, where you have a lot of these missions where you spend movement points to to do something instead of spending actions, so... Mm,
2: yeah. So you basically, and and just to recap, um, you're placing two new crates down at the end of every round, and you have to put them within two spaces of your opponent's figures. So, um, that's interesting. Because you can basically lure people out to the open, in a sense. Or you can what? lure them backwards away from where they can attack you, and so on. And you yeah. can
1: also... So, uh, Take advantage of the difficult terrain because. Uh, that too, yeah. If it's within two spaces, it may still be uh, not enough for reach. one movement. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, one more action. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what I want to know is uh, the the card says uh, the player with initiative places two of his claimed crates within two spaces. What is if he only has one crate, so he doesn't place any. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> I mean is there a I know that the, the, the intent is that a player play, places uh, two or at least one of his crates or zero if he doesn't have any but is there a rule in the in the rulebook already that says uh, if um, if a rule specifies a quantity uh, you have to uh, you have to satisfy the condition up to that quantity even though if you have less than that quantity is this anywhere? Because I know that this rule exists in the LTR-LCG, So
1: I don't know if it's uh, it, it's sort of a general, um uh, uh, uh general thing that uh, you do as much as you can. So if you can't okay. if you can't place two, then you place one, and if you, you place one. Yeah, and if you can't place you can't any, place one, then you, you don't, don't place yeah, any.
2: Of course, yeah. Now. Uh, <laughs> It just strikes me that there's a card I've wanted to use, but it's just never been really useful. But there is the... Um, and that's maybe a little bit of a consolation for everyone, anyone buying this, just to be able to... Well, to be honest, we're talking about people not wanting to buy it. I, I know a lot of people who buy one copy of every expansion anyway, and some might even... Um, dig into an expansion just to get command cards or stuff for the campaign even though they don't want to use in this case the rangers but the rangers happens to also come with the survivalist which is a non-faction um or neutral as they're called deployment card uh, skirmish upgrade which i think will be amazing on this map uh, what does it do? It, it's an attachment you can put on a hunter or trooper group, and it means that you ignore additional movement points for difficult terrain and hostile figures, and at the end of every round, if you're in an exterior space, which I believe the entire map is, you recover yes. one damage. <gasps> really? So it basically means that your hunter group or trooper group is going to be much more and more able to get to where they need to be on this map, and that they're recovering damage at the end of every round.
0: And it's not unique,
2: and it's not wow. ex- and it's not not exhaust either. So it means that all your figures will uh, get the benefit from it if, if you're in the group with the attachment.
0: God, wow, that's that's really strong. <laughs> wow, I mean, it does cost one uh, one deployment cost, but I'd say it's pretty good.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think on this. And this map- is
0: this is another this is another uh, another issue for me. It, it, you can it, attach it to troopers, and of course, you can also hunters. attach it to hunters because everything in Java's realm and Wave Nine has to go on, has to work with hunters. Which I, I know, I know it. It's it's very nice to have a thematically focused box, but there there are de- these effects in skirmish. They compound to a level that's I think that's unhealthy. So not not, not everything has to to be to be. Able to play it with the the main the main theme of the current expansion, so we also can have stuff that's that's not as not as focused, like stuff in the in the, in Jabba's uh, expansion, like Black Market, which isn't which is more like smuggler focused. Yeah, and I really like that. Yeah, so I'd be, yeah. Um, I it's
2: no secret that I think they overdid Hunters a bit in the last uh, wave, the whole Jabba thing, uh, rather. Yeah. Um, but um. Yeah, I, I don't know that it's because it's uh, that the hunters got boosted too much, but it's just that what their particularly brand of cards, which are all high damage output, did to the game in general was uh, it was crowding out a number of figures that just can't survive in that kind of uh, environment, the and movement, it also yeah. made it much more of a front-loaded game in terms of what happens and who's got what command cards and so
0: on. Uh, I already have ideas how uh, how this could be, let's not say fixed, but worked around. <laughs> I, but, I, I mean, uh,
2: I I'd really yeah. hope that the next wave, which I think the the heart of the empire, what we've seen suggests that there's probably going to thing, be things for for the whole vehicle aspect of the game. But I really hope that yeah. there will also be something for the spies, and we know that there are spies in the in the box. Unfortunately those are actually hunter spies if I'm not mistaken and they're mercenaries. Oh, God. But hunters again. But I do hope that there'll be something for uh spies. And and speaking of spies, this map really makes me look forward to play Shokatano. Because what can she do? Well yeah. she can move six spaces. That means she can move through um All of um, this stuff, yeah. She can move through some of the barriers, not all of them, but she can count through the dotted lines at least, and the blue. And she also can get two free movement points at the start of her round. She can choose either that or one of the new uh, power tokens. So basically, you can have a Shokatana both move very far. um, It's not movement points, she can go back and forth, but still uh, and pick a box up uh, at the location and attack. So. She's, and she's a spy, by the way. So <laughs> she's a gal after my heart. <laughs>
0: yeah. So uh, and someone, someone in chat said that this map punishes. Was it you uh, that this map punishes Luke a bit? Or was it, it someone else? It, it
2: wasn't me. Um, I guess it punishes uh, anyone that's Amelia a tiny bit. Um and I think if you have a comparison between i d eighty eight and Luke, which I think is fair to do because they 're both sort of the 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 king piece of the hot your thing, list the hot thing. Um, I like and i d has more range if he wants it um but the thing is um I think luke's ability to deflect is great, and uh it could be interesting here as well because. Yep. Yeah. If he's getting shot at, he still gets to do a little bit of damage back. Um, the question is how to have him survive potential hunter cats and so on. Is, is
0: I mean, in, in the in the in, in mission A, where you have the shield generators, it's it's okay, I think, really, because if he rolls, he has an automatic evade, I think. So a, and he get the, the the attacker if he's shooting at him from like uh, outside of one of these shield bubbles to inside. Um he gets an additional evade basically and then you still roll. Yeah. So that all of the all of the good uh surges, like the plus two sur- plus two uh damage surges from the from the elite Elite Weakways, I think most of them <laughs> will be gone, right? So and getting rid of them cuts their damage potential down a bit. So um, even if he does roll a blank, which hopefully he doesn't, but <laughs>
2: I mean, no one will deny that you having more evades or your opponent having less surges is a good thing. But I think you don't have to have a lot of them before what you miss is block.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, sure, it would, be, would have been better if he has a black die, for sure. But it helps him a bit, I, just saying. I mean, the uh, other uh. the other mission doesn't help him at all, especially considering that he also will have trouble picking up these crates because he's he needs to get to them and then he probably needs to deal damage so uh, not sure but um, but at least mission A I think I can see him controlling a terminal and then dashing dashing to a figure cutting the figure down dashing back again in, in relative safety and to a, to a point where also other figures are there so if the, the opponent doesn't shoot at Luke but shoots at another figure he might still get to deflect stuff so like Creating a base of fire and having Luke there uh, darting out, darting back again. So that might be something that can happen. I'm not sure because if you only attack once with him, and if you only uh, attack figures that you might or you reasonably cut down in one strike, um, you can uh, what's it called? Uh, you can move eight spaces, or you can gain eight movement points, which on this map is okay, I think. So.
2: It's definitely, I think, maybe calls even more for you being careful with him that you don't want to move him forward until you have Son of Skywalker, but yes. it is a very long run, that's true. But, um, yeah, uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see this map in play, because it's, um, yeah, I'm, it's unfamiliar. I, I remember one map with very long distances. I don't recall right now, I think maybe, was it the one that came with Greedo? where well, there are three long corridors, but um, they're like genuine corridors, uh, much more open than this in a sense, but uh, that's the closest yeah. I can think of. But that had doors, which broke the <laughs> the line aside a bit until someone decided to open those doors at least. Yes.
0: Helps you a bit, yeah.
2: Um, no, so it's interesting. And um, I'm actually... Uh, I'm very encouraged, but I was... Uh, it's strange because the... the Oldest map in rotation, the one you've played the longest, it tends to be the one you're most happy to see go. Uh, I remember, especially with the Kiyad space station, was one people were really relieved to see disappear. Um, <laughs>
0: I think this was this was because of this this awkward room <laughs> yeah. at the at yeah. the at the yeah. of the map. So the
2: awkward room, yeah, that's a good name for it, even. Um, but I have to say, of the last three maps, I've but it's also something to do with lists I've been playing. And I, I really liked uh, the ISB map better than some of the others. Um, but uh, I think especially the Cantina is a bit awkward in some ways. But uh, it's going to be interesting with this one. Uh, it's definitely different.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see some games on it. So
2: Yeah, I I mean, I've, I, I know Richard from uh, Star Wars Streaming. Um, yeah is he was mentioning yesterday while streaming that he would try to get in some games tonight or tomorrow and i might actually try to see if i can uh, hook up with him tomorrow for uh, for a game on the new map um yeah great but the interesting part of course is that the map is not standalone you can't just design your list to that map and uh, and then uh, just to kick ass and drink blue milk, but uh, you have to also have a list that's viable on the two other maps, and they're definitely quite different beasts.
0: Yeah, I can't. I still can't see play someone playing Alliance Rangers, even though they are very great on this map. Um, I think they're
2: good. I think sure. the Alliance Rangers are definitely competitive.
0: Okay. Um, I haven't. I haven't seen a, a Luke Rangers ma- uh, lists being. Really awesome until now. So especially with first the hunters and then the droids moving in and stealing some of their thunder. But yeah, uh, maybe it's maybe I'm watching the wrong game. So
2: I think it's just these days it's very difficult being something that's not mercenaries. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. Of course, you can bring them into a mercenary list. That's what uh, the UK champion Alistair Scott did at uh, the Europeans. I think there was also someone who took Luke and Rangers into the top cut at the Europeans. I don't remember if he made. Top four, or if it was already in top eight,
0: that he was kicked out. Mm. Okay. So, uh, anything you want to add to for this map? No, other it's, than you it, want to play it. It? <laughs> it looks
2: interesting. Yeah, it looks interesting. I would have been yeah. playing it tonight, I think, if we weren't uh, podcasting. Recording, I haven't played yeah. a skirmish yeah. game in a month, so it's uh, it's about due time. Yeah. I know you're not playing uh, skirmish. Uh, but I don't know if you, uh, what your thoughts on the map are.
1: I think, uh, like uh, we touched upon uh, briefly, that uh, this map being a little different than the two others uh, provides uh, sort of a mixing thing that uh, you have to compromise, or you have to optimize for all three at the same time, so. So this change probably shakes it up a little bit.
0: Yeah, it might it might change what people actually throw into their lists and their command decks. So I I th- even even just slightly maybe. I
2: think as uh, Stephen, as you mentioned uh earlier today on our Discord chat, um it might also leave a little tiny bit of leverage enough for the HKs to to sneak back into some uh, mercenary lists because they have a bit of more range than than uh, the the weakway pirates that otherwise uh, crowded them out. Yeah, and they hit the doid and the hunter. Uh,
0: if I'm not mistaken, uh, I want to see HKs with survivalist. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, but <laughs> it would. Be How can they survive? They aren't even alive. <laughs>
2: Actually, that would be pretty cool. I saw someone who uh, painted a camouflaged version of them.
0: Oh that's cool, yeah.
2: <laughs> See but that's the thing. The the one around I mentioned is um the problem
0: Yeah, it doesn't have the, that much of an impact on them because they only have five health. Really and tend they tend are to be I think. But you could yeah, actually one shot. You could yeah.
2: actually use it on something like Tarot. Who um who has a lot of health, yeah. so regen is is nice. Um he has a lot of movement, but he's going to be serious in trouble because of all the difficult terrain and being a a, a large figure. Um,
0: yeah, I thought about this with the with the Terror and u list. that this map is really bad for them. Because it, it, it's... You have to... Not only is it far to get everywhere, but also the, the blue stuff really hurts you because you cannot avoid it like the small figures can. Mm. And you cannot get across this stuff so it's it's really it's really bad really
2: yeah i think he's more often terror is more often seen with motivation sometimes with feeding frenzy but i think that uh, survivalist might be something for him even um
0: yeah yeah okay so uh, i think that's uh our first thought about the nalhada swamps yeah uh which uh Concludes our game discussion this week. We aim for a little bit of a short episode today, uh, and but we still want to talk about stuff. So um, on boards to rules clarification. But you are not a Jedi yet. And this week, rules clarification has um, a thread from the official boards, and I can see the other the other hosts clicking on it. Um, Pasi, you were you were active in this in this thread. Do you want to sum up what was the question and uh, what the ultimate conclusion then was? Because I I I remember us discussing discussing this also in our private chat. So maybe we'll go over that later.
1: Uh, I think this is what was uh, related to what happens with the negative searches and uh, how how they are different than evades, because yeah. we have. Uh, Viprogenerator generator here which use when you declare an attack to apply minus two searches and plus two damage to the attack results and then we have Ryuk blades which uh, uh while attacking with a weapon you may convert any number of uh, search results to damage results now the uh, question was what what was what happens here
0: yeah uh yeah, if the, the you know, I think the question was when to actually apply this minus two search and when can you spend these searches to convert them to damage results. And if there is a, if there is a way to cheat the system and to have these two searches, you, you actually, uh, negate it with the vibro generator to actually convert it to damage before the vibro generator kicks in. I think that was, that was the plan of the, the, the the guy asking the question in the forum, right?
1: Yeah, I think uh, um, because the plates allows to convert search results to damage, it uh, uh, gets around the evades, because evades only happen after or at the end of the modifier step, but uh, these uh, negative searches, they uh, cancel the positive searches as soon as two come together.
0: Yeah. So, At so least. basically right. Right after re rolls, this happens. Yeah,
1: and uh, I think the this uh, sort of underlying uh, mechanics question is that uh, uh, symbols can be added and removed uh, also in other steps than uh, the modifier step, because here Vipro Generator says use when you declare an attack. Yeah. So the two so two searches or two negative searches. And plus plus two damage are added to the attack results when you declare an attack.
0: Yeah, even before you you roll the dice. So yeah, even before you even before you have a, a the fixed result, there's already minus two search and plus two damage on your balance sheet. So and then you roll and then you add your your symbols you roll to the already existing balance sheet, and this is your your final result for the roll after rerolls, of course. So. I think this was. Th- th- there's a lot more going on in the thread than, than our brief explanation of this, but you have to read. I will of course link this in the show notes, and you have to read it for yourself because the really, yeah. I mean, Posy, we talked about this in private chat um, on Discord, but uh, P- P- for Posy, this was pretty clear, and I think the intent is pretty clear. But I can I can see people. People misinterpreting what's going on here, and and thinking there is a way to do this, uh, just because the wording, because they are not as familiar with the exact wording of um, of the attack loop or the attack sequence. So I, I don't fault the, the the people for asking this. So I don't think it's a I don't think it's a a rules question that can be answered by by just Thinking it through by yourself because it has a lot to do with interpreting or understanding the language. So, and I think this this is what happens in, in all of the threads. So, people wrestling with how but to how to interpret the stuff. That's, so.
2: that's particularly the interaction between the uh, Rick blades Rick blades and the vibrato generator. It's pretty clear, isn't it? If you don't have the vibrato generator, and it's just a matter of when you convert compared to when evades are relevant and so on.
0: Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Because the Vibro generator uh, happens outside of this template. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems to be happening outside of this template. Yeah, and and people still think that even though it happens outside, you count this, count it in the normal attack structure, and you 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 add this or you subtract this stuff at certain times, which isn't actually the case. So, so this this is yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a very nice thread to read and. Everyone who's playing the campaign, you really should read through it to get more familiar with when stuff happens. And then you should, of course, look up pauses, attack sh- reference sheet. Which uh, did, did you uh, did you already uh, add in this uh, this example into the reference sheet? Well, the abilities are there,
1: but uh, I I don't have any clarification for this uh, okay. this uh, yeah. case because uh if you go by the order it should work exactly like intended
0: yeah if you go by what's written on the cards and yeah. and do what's mm. written on the cards you should come to the right conclusion so
2: ironically um we're going into the last mission of our hoth campaign uh, playing it this week yeah. but um after the Penultimate mission, which we played the day before yesterday actually, so we're playing two missions this week. Um our resident Wookiee actually bought the Rick Blades. And uh we're planning that he will not use the Gargan figure, but probably one of the Wookiee Warriors expansion figures for our uh, final <laughs> mission on Sunday. <laughs> because he's now got thematic.
0: The, he's got the blades now. Yeah. Even on the model. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's nice. Yeah. I just, uh, they, these weapons come up in Oh, let's let's get this let's get this over in the next uh section. So anything else you wanted to throw in the rules qualifications this week? Sorry.
2: I, I mean I think I've got two mails, um <laughs> or two uh times uh put in a, a number of rules questions to Todd, and I uh I think I won't put in a third until he actually gets around to answering any of them. Okay. I don't know if I'm playing on Grata at the moment or he's just, I hear he's busy from party, but uh, yeah, hopefully he'll get around to it at some point.
0: I just, I, hearing that he's busy and, and seeing that he is really busy by not answering uh, the Ruse, yeah, uh questions yeah, yeah. Uh, makes me a bit more excited for for Gen Con because there might be something in there that's not already... That that wasn't already in the news, so I'm I'm tangentially excited for that, but I don't that, I don't think anything will really Wait, will really come from this exciting
2: that, so. fantasy flight Star Wars news out of Gen Con. I've
0: never, yeah, sure, <laughs> I, not Star Wars Imperial, <laughs> Imperial Assault. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: I've sometimes been following them live, like. Um, people reporting from their in-flight report. That's basically the briefing that they do, press briefing or fan briefing or combination of it. Uh, they call yeah. it the in-flight report, and uh, yeah, I've been following it every year the last uh, handful of years, and it's uh, it's always exciting, especially when you play several of the games. And, and also there will likely be a couple of new games none of us uh, realize were on the way.
0: Star yeah, Wars I'll try to I catch it... I'll try to catch it again this because I, I watched it. I think I watched it on stream last year, yeah. and I try to watch it on stream this year too. We'll see. Yeah. Okay, so uh, with no one wanted to wanted to jump in, um, I'll call it quits for the rules clarifications, and we head on over to play experiences, and this is this week, uh, comprised mostly of. Um, mostly of um, campaign, I think, because uh, other than Daniele taking a uh, playing a bit of talking initiative, we don't have any skirmish expertise on the on the podcast this week. Uh, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, since Pazi talked the least in the last few minutes, uh, why don't we start off with him and what he played in the last few weeks?
1: Well. Uh... I have been very busy with the play-by-forum games and uh, uh, the extended best can mini-campaign. Uh, we just finished uh, Freedom Fighters, which the Rebels won. It was pretty expected because uh, I have lost it. Freedom Fighters th- is hard? I, I have uh, lost it two times before, so I knew to expect okay. that it might be easy for the Rebels. Well, uh, it wasn't that <laughs> easy. Anyway, I was able to take it to the final round and, um, without any spoilers, uh, uh, if I had had uh, another two dodges or something, I could have even won it. But uh, this uh, damn winter—yeah, I, I don't think—that's yeah, winter I, I <laughs> re-, re rolled my dodge, and then oh, okay. and then uh, finished off the. Objective uh, figure. So
0: yeah, that, I don't think we really need to to have a spoiler uh, declaration for the Baspin campaign missions or the Baspin side missions anymore. It's bord- bordering on one year old, released now. So if people haven't played Baspin, I think they should be okay with us spilling details about some of the missions. So. That's that's also something I want to introduce into the podcast. That we we don't talk about uh, specifics of campaign mission for at least half a year. But after that, I think everyone is everything is pretty much uh, fair game. I think so.
1: Yeah. Anyway, um, they won it and uh, won some credits, and uh, they have almost uh, twenty five hundred credits now.
0: Ooh. But uh, uh, so but. The, how is the how is the balancing working out with uh you're playing so why don't you tell the listeners a bit about uh how, what's your custom approach to this Best campaign is?
1: Uh, the basic setup is that I will uh, I always start with an intro mission. In this case I have used mm-hmm. uh, this uh bargains uh agenda mission.
0: And uh, that's from the from the the hired guns, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah and right. uh the the um uh, mini campaign setup is just adjusted so that uh it uh, gives uh only 2 XP and uh I think uh, it was uh 200 credits per hero. So in a sense you just uh compensate for the rewards from the mission by Mm -hmm. decreasing the setup uh, Mm setup rewards and uh, then I just uh, go with the flow and uh, we played into the unknown as uh, expected and uh, now this time I'm adding uh, uh, another side mission between uh, before the final and uh i was uh, i was uh, key crawling between three alternatives and uh the key crawler uh decided that it's going to be paying debts again <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah okay so so basically you play uh seven missions right in the campaign yeah the four the four best missions then into the unknown, which, uh, if if listeners don't know what this is, is uh, with Bespin, the way of uh, shipping with Bespin also includes the ISB agents, are they called agents? Infiltrators. In- infiltrators, okay. The, the ISB infiltrators pack, and this side mission can actually play it as a forced mission in the Bespin campaign, so you can just play it like a, a, as a fifth Bespin campaign mission and then Pasi just added two side missions, one at the very start and one before the last mission so uh, you get up to seven missions and I did something similar which I'll be talking about in a short moment um, anyway, I just wanted to say that uh,
1: the item troves have been pretty crappy for the rebels <laughs> in this one, so really, they don't, uh, do you they still don't have very you play good weapons yet
0: Okay. But they are going still, to get still one,
1: w- uh, one uh, tier three draw after this so per- perhaps in the final they have a little yeah. bit better chances. Y-
0: you still reveal half of the deck, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because as uh, so also for the listeners, uh, Java's Realm introduced that during uh between missions in the campaign in the Java's Realm campaign you don't only turn over six uh, cards from the from the item decks, decks, but you turn over half of the deck itself. So if you have 22 cards, which is all of the cards you can have until now, per tier deck, you turn over 11 cards each time you turn over cards from this deck. So uh, that's like almost double, uh, double the, <laughs> the card count. And uh, it really helps rebels not miss out on one of the be- on the better stuff. So actually, tier, Which tier two
1: has uh, twenty three cards and tier uh, three has uh, twenty four cards.
0: Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you round up, so it's 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 eleven, twelve, and twelve. Then you turn over. Okay. Yeah. It. whatever anyway, I need to. Actually, actually I I round yeah. down,
1: but uh, it's uh, not that much of a difference.
0: Yeah, whatever. Okay, so. Uh, and you also play a second campaign on, on the forum?
1: Yeah, that's uh, a Zapatrail campaign, and I'm playing Nemesis there. And we are at Turf War.
0: And, uh, is this the, the second or the third mission? I well, think is this the is second the second or the third story mission.
1: Uh, I think this is the fifth fifth mission.
0: Okay, so it's the second story mission.
1: Yeah. Oh, third, third, okay. uh, third. I think,
0: yeah. Or oh, third, if you count the introduction. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> and okay. the rebels have been yeah. doing well there. I. Uh, uh, which which heroes do? Oh, uh, which villains do you run?
1: Uh, I have uh, BT one and uh, Maul.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. You you wanted to to play with Maul? It's Did you already spawn him?
1: Yeah, I have had to Maul once and uh, BT one multiple
0: times. Yeah, I can see bt one being pretty, pretty easy to get into play with his low cost and and his amazing stats. So
1: and you know, I'm very um, fond of the elite uh, elite uh, Java scavenger. So
0: he. Me too. Me too. We will hear about that in a minute. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. Anything else you wanted to talk about your campaigns?
1: I'll probably put in something when you talk about yours. <laughs>
0: Okay, so I also played uh, campaign stuff since we last recorded, or since we last talked about our campaign or play experiences, because we have been skipping on these, I think, the last two episodes. So uh, I finished up my Chaos Realm campaign, which uh, what I mean, I played Nemesis with um, with Greedo and Taro, which is it worked out very nice for me, and the, the Rebels had. Very great difficulty getting getting through getting through terror specifically, uh, especially once I got the uh, the four XP card where you can add a another black die to your defense roll. So the last mission was um, was pretty interesting with them bringing Luke, which uh, the the Luke Jedi the Jedi Knight which they earned. And they also had Mern, which made him cost only eight points, I think, instead of twelve. So with the eight points, <laughs> they had a they had a figure with sixteen health uh, that could deflect shots and uh, had a white die, so it was pretty bad. But uh, they they lost Luke shortly beco- before they uh, entered the the second phase of the mission, I'd say, and the the rancor that's inevitably appears in this mission uh, did spell a little bit of trouble for them especially since the Rancor kept eating uh, uh, Gamorrean Guards to replenish his health <laughs> which I, I thought was very thematic but my players hated it um, so the, the campaign Rancor uh, for the listeners who don't know and not only does he, do, does he have uh, 15 health and a black die, and an, an automatic block. In this mission, he also gets uh, bonus health, and he starts in a, in a closed-off room with two, um, no, I think it's normal normal um, uh, Gamorrean Guards, so the one that costs six. And these two, uh, if you play it right, the, the ranker can eat both of them, and each of them have five health, so the ranker can replenish ten health after his first activation, which is okay if you can delay him long enough, so the the the, the rebels can whack on the on the rancor and then he just grabs the picks and eats them and it's all it's all fine really so that was really I thought it was a very very nice uh, uh touch on this mission and that it's it's also as thematic missions go, I think it's a flavor home run and really really tense and really interesting. And I managed to, to drag the mission to the last activation again. And the rebels ultimately won by, by intimidating Chaba enough so they so he releases their their family and friends. So the rebels ultimately did win the campaign, even though they struggled most of it. Which I think is nice. So uh, good end to a to a rather harsh campaign. And then I also started, uh, because I was inspired by Pazi, I started playing a modified Bespin campaign, which uh, I threw in one additional mission into Pazi's template. We started off with the Java scavenger side mission, and then we just, com- um, just played like that. the first, the second, and the first and the second Bespin campaign mission. And then we will be playing into the unknown, another side mission then another, uh, the the next best mission, which will be Freedom Fighters, then another side mission, then the last mission. So, we will be clocking in at um, eight missions instead of seven, which I think is a really good middle ground between the potential twelve missions of a full campaign, or eleven to twelve, and the the four campaigns of a mini-campaign. So, or the four missions of a mini-campaign. So... Uh,
1: What did you... Do with the rewards. Do you will you have uh, 16 XP okay, so, at the end? Okay,
0: yeah, yeah. No, no. Of course, I modified all of this. So, first of all, uh, the the rebels are. This time the team is. Uh, I think it's Diala, Gideon, uh, Loku, and Mac, which sounds intimidating, but uh, turned out okay uh, for the first few missions. And the way I did it is this. All best band campaign missions uh, outside, uh, all best band campaign missions um, give rewards uh, like uh, if you win them, they are 2 XP, and if you lose them, you are, you get 1 XP. And all side missions get uh, the normal rewards, so the normal rewards plus the rewards you normally give. So in to- And also, we're playing with the anti snowball rule from Jonathan. So if you lose a story mission, You get the the winning rewards uh, in the next story mission, even if you lose again. So in total, this means I think there will be like 8 plus uh, plus 3. It's like either 10 or 11 XP in total, which is, I think it's 1 or 2 XP less than a full campaign. And um, they also will be getting... uh, They they also got... um, Lando for free, because they did lose the, the introduction mission to what's it called to to the Bespin campaign. But I just I I will resort to giving them all of the rewards from the side missions anyway, because um, they seem to be struggling right now. And I think uh, I overcompensated for uh, on the on the Imperial side for um, for starting out uh, this campaign. So. We started out with two XP for the for the, for for every player, twelve hundred credits for the rebels, and one influence for the imperial player. And the first mission, the the Java side mission, I won by a very a very very short margin. So like it was the last activation, and I uh, the, the rebels just didn't roll the one surge they need, and so I yeah. won. And the reward from this mission is. Uh, is it called Mechanical Salvage? Let's yeah. bring it up yeah. just a moment. Sounds familiar. Um, and this reward is actually a bit broken in the early campaign. Okay, so it's called Mechanical Salvage. You can find it in the Java Scavenger Pack. And it is an attachment, which gives minus one speed. But when you deploy a droid group, you may reduce its cost by free. If you do, attach this card to it. Limit once permission so you can deploy a droid group and have it cost three threat less than it should cost which brings down the cost for a normal probe droid to zero and the cost for a lead probe droid to two. So with most of the best pen campaign uh, missions starting you off with um, six or more threat because you get double the threat um, and the threat level is three or higher you have the opportunity to to take an elite probe droid, the elite Java scavenger, deploy both of them for five threats. That gives you 12 12 health for five threats. And you still have uh, one threat to go to to maybe save up for during the round or whatever. And the good thing is with the elite um, Java uh, scavenger, you completely negate the the, the negative side of this card because the Java Scavenger gives all friendly droids plus one movement, or plus one speed, actually, and plus one accuracy. So not only does this card not have a drawback now, it also gives you a discount of three, which is uh, a whole threat level at this stage, which is, I think, very, very powerful. So that's... That's what I noticed because I, yeah. I used this in the the first mission of the Bespin campaign, uh, the um, reclamation it's called, and this campaign is uh, the this mission is actually I think it's a bit tilted into the side of the rebels. I'm not actually sure, but it's it seems a bit easy for the rebels if they play it right.
1: Yeah, I think so too.
0: Yeah, but but it was it was a it was almost an execution, <laughs> because. I spawned uh, the, mecha- the I spawned the, the Java scavenger and the, uh, an elite probe droid with mechanical salvage in the first round, and then from there on out they just couldn't get a foothold. I I, I was getting so much damage in with the with my campaign, with my class deck, which is the the precision deck from the half box. And I can the only card I bought right now is the the one to negate um to negate the the dodge result once permission. And this really came in handy when the probe droid, the elite probe droid attacked Diala, and she re-rolled to a dodge, and I just negated the dodge with it. And this is very, very bad because she, she suffered a strain, and now she's also down like six damage, so that's really bad, so and from then on out, they had to rest too too often. they couldn't get rid of the cameras. they couldn't get ahead in the mission. I was snowballing out of control, so at the end of the mission I had all of my all of my figures deployed and I was shooting at Diala, trying to wound her and then shooting at Gideon and i I managed to wound them in the at the start of the last round. so it really was almost impossible for them to win this. And I think it's mostly to attributable to the to me deploying the uh, Java scavenger and the elite probe droid right at the beginning of the of the mission, and having this 12 threat, um, avail- uh, this 12 health available, which is very hard to chew through uh, with uh, at the start of the campaign. So. I think this mechanical salvage is, is a very, very, very strong attachment, especially at the early campaign. Yeah, but and if you normally get it, like,
1: you wouldn't get it early campaign because you need to have the sure. threat or, or the influence yeah, to, to buy you it to, and
0: you need to have free influence so the earliest you can get it is the second um, the second side mission in normal campaign, yeah. which is also threat level three. And after that it's it's okay, I think. It's still it's still I think it's still strong after that. But it's not as overpowered as it was right now. So
1: yeah, rebels should have uh, uh, such a good weapons by then, or at least one good weapon at that point.
0: Yeah, yeah. they have right now, and I, I, I didn't, I didn't use mechanical salvage in the in the next campaign mission, and it went uh, over much closer. So it was, it was almost to the last activation again. Uh, they still lost, but it was, it wasn't a, it wasn't as as one-sided as the um, the other mission was so they are I, I was also talking about them uh, uh, to them about this that I think this probably was a mistake to to arrange these uh, these missions in the way I did but damage is done and it's not really a problem because I'm going to give them all of the rewards they can get uh, without them having to win the actual mission. And this should compensate a little bit for for the, the lost momentum they had now in the early campaign. And uh, after the first campaign mission, I had four XP. Yeah, so I, ha- I had one XP from the start of the... Uh, wait, no. Yeah, I had two XP from the start of the campaign, then earned one in the first side mission, uh, and then earned two again um in the first campaign mission from from uh Bespin. so i was able to afford one 1xp one and one 4xp card and i took <laughs> after Paz's advice i took the one uh the 4xp card that gives you an automatic pierce one on all imperial attacks which i think this is also a very strong card yeah because it's it gets especially since i have um dg rebels are Defending with three white dice and one black die, so the white die outside of the dark result and outside of the search uh, evades mostly does nothing. So <laughs> that's really really bad for them right now. But yeah, I don't know. especially
1: if you have uh, something like uh, weak wave pirates that uh, are going to reroll anything re-roll, anything yeah. with uh, searches. You reroll searches into two uh, damage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that, that what uh that's what I have been uh, been up to and then we will um almost assuredly complete this campaign before uh Heart of the Empire will be out. So maybe we'll be doing something else, maybe play a bit of skirmish with our group or do something else. I don't know. So we will see that but this is a little bit in the future, so and that's what I played. So uh, the last one to to chime in is Yeppe, I think.
2: Yes. Yeah, so you mentioned earlier that uh, I'd played Target Initiative, and that's true, that was in the show notes, but that's uh, five weeks or so since I, I played wow. it. <laughs> and yes, that was in... in uh, because we were suspecting it as being one of the candidates to be rotated into the uh, skirmish maps uh, for tournaments Uh, and it was interesting but it's a long way back Um, I've obviously also played the campaign so I must have played like four or five (laughs) uh, missions since we uh, last recorded because it must be is it four weeks since we recorded by now
0: it's it's four weeks since we last recorded yes
2: played four missions um So just to to do a recap and maybe hit some of the more interesting uh, strides, we're playing the Return to Hoth. And as I mentioned earlier, we played the penultimate mission earlier this week, and in a couple of days, we're then playing the final mission. Uh, Is it called the Last Chance? I think so. Um, We are a a group of non-human rebels. We have no human amongst us, Uh, and. the yeah, yeah. <laughs> I play the medical droid then uh, we've got a Bothan we've got a Wookiee and we've got our Mon Calamari um, so two snipers a Wookiee and a medical droid basically and uh, we are we have been facing an imp- inspiring leadership uh, Imperial player that is uh, putting up very strong opposition, he's uh, one of the strongest players uh, around uh, in my local area, both Skirmish and campaign. and uh, he's really been getting a lot out of, uh, of that deck. It's one I remember being not yeah, particularly... I, I thought it was shit when I played I wasn't it. I was <laughs> particularly inspired by it when I saw it. I have never seen it in play, but I realized since then that there were good aspects to it, and he certainly... Uh, let those shine. Um, he's gotten a couple of extra uh, upgrades along the way because we uh, we basically um, did not do the side missions that gave him uh, uh, an upgrade card, a reward card, which I can't remember for the life of me right now what it was. And he's also got Captain Tarot because we decided not to do the side mission that he'd bought, so, so he got Captain Tarot. Um, oh. And uh, we've been struggling a bit uh and going into the second last mission uh earlier this week we had lost five mission and we'd won four. Um before that we had played uh my character mission, uh preventative measures. Uh, I've heard yeah. a little bit about it. Um, I haven't played it, had not seen the mission, but heard a bit about it and people were grumbling a bit about the design of it. And we had basically several missions to choose from side mission-wise. And um, for my part, uh, it plays as big a role uh, if I've played a mission than what the rewards are or in this case, with how, what kind of bane we get rid of by playing it. And as the others... Uh, I actually, I was arguing maybe for some of the other things, because the reward for my character were perhaps not that important, uh, as it were. But uh, as they argued, um, a character side mission, you don't got very many chances to play, because that character's not in your campaign every time, and even if he is, it might not come up. So we went for that mission, just to see uh, how it
0: was. Um, and, it wasn't pretty, I heard. Sorry. It wasn't pretty awkward.
2: Uh, no, so we we'd gotten some very good upgrades on our uh, the three damage dealers uh, going into that mission. So we knew we had a good output. Um, but basically, you talked about spoilers earlier. I think I can. Uh, uh, it's like was is it a year and a half uh, all of the the mission? So
0: After half the yeah. half. Yeah. Yeah, you can so, you can tell us so what's so on the without going completely
2: all in details. Let's just say that I think. The way the mission is designed is, just like all the character missions, they play a bit to your strengths. We've actually played three character missions in this campaign, which is great. Uh, So they tend to sort of hit some thematic strides with who that rebel hero is. And so does this one. Mm -hmm. It depends on you uh, connecting with and keeping alive a... uh, uh, a, prisoner, yes, a prisoner, a rebel figure as it is then um, but he's behind a door and the moment you open that door, the Imperial player gets a uh, optional deployment which meant that in our case he had uh. I think 20 threats to spend um, so basically I think
0: wow. if you're
2: looking at that mission as the Imperial player of course depending on when you are in the campaign but I think in most circumstances you come to the conclusion that the most likely way to you to win is the Empire is to offer absolutely no resistance to the rebels you might want to delay them, you want to play to your best ability but you want to save up your threat because the moment they open that door you wanna drop everything in because the thing you need to do to win is to kill that figure yeah. so basically um, we destroyed everything very quickly and uh, opened one door and destroyed everything again um and we set up for opening the door to where we, needed, we knew we needed to go we didn't know that there were an, an optional deployment um, but clearly our uh, imperial uh player had been saving up for for something um and then 20 threat arrived and um we were even lucky in the sense that we'd set it up so our wookie was opening the door because he would then still be able to charge in and with having Brutal Cleave, he could get two attacks off, even though he'd spend an attack on opening, or an action on opening the door. And he could also get in the way of maybe standing uh, in the way of whatever figure was there. We knew we were going to rescue someone. Um, and on top of that, we even had um, our and Mac was able to use... Uh, disengage when all the stuff deployed because there was a lot of it um so that he locked off more or less uh, access to the together with the Wookiee the two of them were blocking off uh yeah. uh two of the three spaces that were uh open next to the figure we had to rescue but the moment the imperial player got his turn he had uh, two jet troopers which we couldn't get to because there was a dewbacker captain Tarot basically hemming them in so we couldn't attack them if we wanted to and they had the uh, different upgrades from the Inspiring Leadership, which basically led to them having four attacks with flyby. So if you imagine four Uh elite uh, death trooper attacks with flyby, we're talking 12 dice in total, um, which meant that he couldn't survive, actually, to us getting our next activation. Now, we could have rolled a bit better with our defense rolls, we
0: could also yeah no I, I think I think you you illustrated well that this is a this is a bit of a we, design problem with the mission itself. We so. could
2: we could also have chosen not to kill all the other stuff because by killing some of his initial groups, we also freed up the attachments that he he needed for yeah. for uh, for doing that trick. Um, so there were things that could have made it look very different, um, and they were marginals And I think that our imperial player was correct in his assessment, assessment that if he didn't kill this figure with his first activation, we would just be able to block him in and destroy his figures before he could get to um, to the target he had to kill. Plus, of course, uh, M- as a MHD, I can, I can heal him up. Um, so basically, I think the design of the mission is interesting and it fits to the story of MHD, but the uh, at the heart of the matter, it balances on a knife set because the Imperial player only has one choice, and it basically all becomes about that one activation after the door is opened. And basically, this game took us 40 minutes in total. So it's been the shortest yeah. mission I've ever played of Imperial Result. Yeah. And we ended up bringing out, uh, I think it was Marvel Legendary. We then ended up playing for uh, an hour or two afterwards. Um, so it, it felt very anticlimactic. Um, and i i I've been wondering if that mission couldn't uh be changed a little bit, so you have some of the same elements in it story wise or basic wise but but just somehow avoid that it becomes the clear choice for the imperial player is to stuff everything into that one room ready to execute that one figure the moment the door opens, and I don't know how you could do it, but somehow make it more of a feel of desperation of having to
0: heal one or more figures somehow um yeah. yeah, I, I know. I haven't heard the full story until now. I just read in the in the chat that you had <laughs> a bad experience with it, and I think I think I I understand now what's the actual problem with it. So, but uh, that being this, said, this I was something. This is something, this is something that This
2: is the last side mission, and though he's been winning yeah. more than us up to that point, and he had he'd won story missions a little bit more than us I think so he had a bit more XP and so on he got an extra choice because he'd bought side missions which because we have actually played with the uh, Diablo Realms Rooms both in helping us getting Mm -hmm. um, upgrade cards but also restricting him on his influence Uh, but he's then spent influence on side missions which we've let him have the rewards from uh, uh, instead of playing them Um, so he's, he's pretty beefed up but even though he is beefed up we can tear through him Uh, pretty efficiently, which we also did in that mission, uh, the figures he gets for free in the setup were just gone in a heartbeat, uh, to be honest. Uh, So, it's also something to do, I don't know if you made it early in the campaign, Uh, the the figure you have to uh, save as the Rebels has extra health based on the threat level, so there is a bit of leveling out there. Um, And of course, I think it's also in the extreme that you can get four uh, attacks from Jet Troopers on flyby because of his deck. I'm sure with another deck he could have gotten a boost to his damage output of course as well, but I'm not sure you could get quite the same uh, uh, amount of, of damage as, as was possible here. Uh, yeah, and Jet uh, Troopers yeah. in, in
1: general are uh, sort of... Uh, a fit bit above for, the power code. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. if you were blocking the Prisoner, then uh, something else wouldn't have been able to make those attacks as easily.
2: Mm, yeah, the yeah. only thing is, of course, you open the door and then everything spawns. So, I, I don't know if you'd had yeah. a... It,
0: that, I think that's a, that's a problem. If you'd had a... If, in if I think in
2: the that's one reason maybe if you'd had a Gideon who opened the door and then afterwards used Masterstroke to relocate several figures in, then you could block it off. But I can't see another way you can prevent attacks. And I think that's good because you shouldn't be able to prevent attacks entirely. But it's yeah. the fact that that, that he can... I wouldn't call it one shot it because it was a lot of shots, but basically be killed in one activation well again yeah. we we did roll extraordinarily poor because i think so basically what happens is that the the figure that has to survive rolls a white die, and you then get to add a black die if there's a rebel hero next to him that decides to help protect him and I think a black die never got up it was the four attacks it never rolled more than a single symbol on the black dice yeah. however we didn't roll one yeah. dodge so even with one dodge it was basically another way to put it is he was killed by three attacks rather than four because one was yeah but he't isn't,
0: he isn't designed to to withstand four four free <laughs> dice attacks like 12 dice in a, in a single activation that that's not something that should happen to this figure I I think this is this is something that that happened because of how how the releases are structured and Back in the day when this mission was assigned, there wasn't a way to get a to get two figures that have both three dice attacks to attack twice on this figure without any problem. So this, I think,
2: I have heard from other. I think it's I've clear heard from other groups struggling, uh, complaining about this. Difference. It's still it's still um, bad. It's yeah. still
0: bad to be able to to have this this spawning in this room already happening. But, and I think I as don't. I said, it was an important
2: point. I think that. Um, that we could have mm-hmm. chosen not to kill that last uh, snowtrooper that had the attachments on it. Yeah. Or we could have rolled a little bit better so it could have been different but it wasn't and that gives you the very anticlimactic feel that you you were without influence on the end of yeah. it. Which I don't think was necessarily the case but as it were the moment the door opened it was basically decided, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, Yeah, it sounds a bit Anyway, bad, th- yeah. so I thought I'd bring that up. That was actually the second to last mission we played. Then uh, this week we played the last story mission, which was the last line, which I was actually happy that we played two missions back-to-back that I hadn't played before, because I hadn't played the last line, because the last time I played Hoth, I have played Hoth before. Actually, I've played it half of a campaign as well when we were playing with the podcast mm-hmm. online, so basically I've played Hoth like two and a half times, but I hadn't played the uh, preventative measurements measures and I hadn't played the last line, the story mission. And that was a uh, defensive mission, and that reminds me now, I remember what um, reward it is that he's, uh, our pill player has got. That's the, I think it's called Surveillance Operatives, it's the one that, it's deplete, you can use it once per mission, and when you use it, it allows you to uh, perform a move with three of your uh, troopers, maybe troopers or guardians, um, I don't remember the details, um, but uh, anyway, so the last line is a defensive mission, and I think, I still think, maybe preventative measures the side, mission aside, uh, I talked about uh, before. Hoth still has, uh, to my opinion, the best designed missions in terms of gameplay. And this one was no exception. Uh, it was a really, really great mission. Um, he uh, ended up throwing uh a repulsor tank and 2 ATSTs, not at the same time obviously at us um, we ended up doing really well um, but it's one of those situations we won with quite a margin but you also know that maybe two rounds before the end if something had come up with a bit more damage from the imperial player attacking some strong points you had to take out then things could easily have gone uh, very differently uh, but basically with um both Garken, maybe less so Garken, but uh, with both of the snipers, Mak and Loku, having their top-tier uh, upgrades and both having really good guns, um, and with Garken being there as well, and with uh, with Loku having Overwatch, which we haven't used as much before, but it's really great on a defensive mission. Um, we uh, we just tore everything to pieces. He still managed to, to outfox us and get past us and taking out some of these strongholds you have to protect. Um but it was interesting having a mission where it's it's a bit reminds me of a bit of under siege in the in the core box, but maybe actually more interestingly designed. But really the feeling of having to defend an area was was really great. Yeah. And interestingly enough the first strong point, uh the Empire is a tiny bit further away from on paper, but because he's playing the class he is, where he can give orders to move and then also move the figure that gave the order, and having a group of elite stormtroopers all being able to, or at least one of them being able to give an order, um, and having that card where all of them or three of them can can get a move, he he could actually get to the strong point faster than us, but uh, we managed to to beat them back, and by sheer coincidence. Um, uh Arkagen, who was running in front of the lines and behind the tank in a in a charge to try and take out some stormtroopers which then ran away because of the sort of surveillance agents card I talked about. Uh in between his his uh his charge attack and then his uh Brutal Cleave and his second attack they were running away which basically forced him to attack Sorin instead. So Sorin was cut down uh the first action in the second round. Um We didn't know it at the time, but as many HUS missions do, this one had a soft um, uh, sort of extra uh, objective that even though you lose or even though you win, if you've done this at a certain time, then you get extra credits. And we had in a previous mission, uh, we'd missed one of those by basically a movement point. Um, But here we we got that, and we also uh, vacuumed all the crates. And one of the crates even came up with the uh, supply card that gives you an extra 100 credits. Um, so when the <laughs> Empire was. Uh, and we got the pit droid as well, which the Empire was shooting at some point to try and avoid us. Did yeah, he hit it? Um, which actually okay. denies you 50 credits. But even so, we came out of that mission with 1,550 credits. Wow. And that was before we sold any stuff, which we went on to sell to, <laughs> to be able to uh, buy upgrades. But. That was a lot of money. So
0: fifteen hundred credits is a if, lot, yes. Yeah,
2: fifteen fifty even. I don't think it's uh, uh maybe you've gotten chance cubes. or or if the pitroid has survived we've gotten a little bit more money, but I think it's uh, you're hard pressed to find anything where you can get more credits out of a mission. Um So uh, so we we're armed to the teeth going into the last mission. We we might and XP or so behind earlier in the campaign because we were losing some story missions, but uh, we're definitely armed uh, and dangerous going into the to the final mission. And by the way, this uh, this last line because it's actually not about really killing the rebel heroes. And also with me being there as a medical droid and with Bill coworker and so on, we actually ended up with none of the rebels taking any damage. I think when we finished the mission, we had four damage. Between the four of us in total and that was maybe the most damage we'd had yeah. uh <laughs> throughout the, the the mission. So that went a little bit um a little bit uh, different. But again we're not the target. You don't lose that if you get wounded.
0: Um so yeah. n- okay. it's it's all about defending stuff. So, so going in it's not about the the fig that the heroes themselves. No, no, so.
2: no. Um Yeah. One thing though, um one of our snipers had the A two eighty um and we found it even though we had three uh, yeah. ranged upgrades to pick from, there wasn't any of them that was actually really a clear update, uh, upgrade. Um, because it was for...
0: Yeah, I think I think the A280 is one of the prime guns for the tactical display and almost nothing else. Yeah,
2: he has <laughs> so. the tactical display, and this was for Loku, and the thing is he's um, he'd already got a minimum of seven range. So changing to another weapon that had searches for accuracy was just not really needed. And uh, changing to a weapon that allows him to do double actions and ignore figures for line of sight is really not needed when he has the thing where he can put tokens on, yes, yes, on yes, yes. figures, through figures and then you can shoot at them. So so basically they were really not um any worthy upgrades um for him but um interestingly enough, um our uh, Wookie Garkin has, as I mentioned earlier, he has the Rick blades, and he also has yeah. the, I think it's called the Unstoppable, the one that gives him an extra speed, an extra endurance, and that if he gets wounded, he does two extra damage. And because the, because <laughs> oh. the Rick blades is based on your attributes, and his strength attribute, they get better I if think you're it's wounded. blue, green, yellow normally. But when it's wounded, one of his dice trip, trips to a red one. So he gets much stronger if he's wounded. He gets one less speed, of course, but he gets much more dangerous. And Mac, our sniper, has the uh, modified hand cannon. Uh, or mod, No, not hand cannon. Modified something-something um, cannon. The one that uses your tech uh, stat. Yeah, and he's got... Yeah. Does he have
0: a good tech test? No, really? Well,
2: he's got three uh, dice also. Oh he also okay green. yeah also blue three. green yellow
0: Oh yeah it's his best but skill, so he it's has interesting the, I, I didn't he remember the
2: disruption cell which allows him to change one of the dice into a red one Oh god and here's <laughs> the thing if he gets wounded one of his dice is already changing to a red one
0: Yeah so he can attack with red red yeah, blue for instance which ouch um So,
2: strangely enough, we have two figures that get stronger if they're wounded. At the same time, our Imperial player has the um, agenda, he's had it since the start, I think it's one of the best ones around, where uh, the permanent face-up agenda in his play area that when the first time he defeats someone, he can deplete it, or whenever he defeats someone, he can deplete it for getting threat equal to the threat level. So he really has a vested interest in defeating us. But on the other hand, I have Miracle Worker, which means that if someone is defeated within four of me, I say, no, he's not defeated. Uh, being the medical droid, and in general, it's also yeah. harder to defeat us with the medical droid. But we're in a peculiar situation where two of our uh, four figures actually get much more dangerous if they're defeated.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you need to use this this tactically and have one of your figures wounded, and then wreck house. And then once you're in, once he still has the action advantage, you need to let the other guy get wounded, and then you can clean up and the other two well, guys start doing of, the objectives. Of, so. <laughs> of, course,
2: of course, both Mac and uh, Garkin lose speed and endurance and also one of the special abilities, Garkin loses his focus, but to be honest, it, it's been a joke that he gets uh, he gets two damage all the time, especially from officers that somehow managed to, to do two damage to him. So his, he doesn't get his focus as often anyway. Um, Mac loses his cover, which is really nice to keep him uh, a bit safe, but it is a strange situation that um, several of our figures get stronger. And On the other hand, I think the medical droid is probably the biggest target because he can't use Miracle Worker on himself and he can't heal himself as efficiently.
0: Psst. And he isn't getting stronger
2: when he's no, wounded. No, not either. I have the, um, what's it called, field surgeon where I get an attack off if of someone. Uh, I can attack the one who wounded uh, one of my friends, but... You only get to do that so many times in a in a mission. Maybe never, but I took it because I had two XP and it gave another ability. On the same card, I liked, which is surges for for two heals uh, on an adjacent figure. And uh, I don't have any search abilities on my gun uh, at all, so so that was nice. But so uh, the final missions is is going to be interesting um, because we're basically just going to punch harder the more hurt we are in a sense. And on the other hand. As a medical droid, of course, I'd rather try to avoid any of them getting flipped. But, um, yeah, well, uh, I have to see. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, so that's where we're camping-wise. And I don't know, I mean, we're playing the final one in a couple of days. Um, and then I don't know what we'll do next with camping. Uh, we might play Twin Shadows, which I know a couple of the others haven't played. Or we might.
0: Yeah, you need to do a modified Twin Shadows like Parsi did like a six six yeah. mission campaign or something like that because that's really good
2: on the other hand there are some people going away on vacation and so on so it might be be difficult to uh...
0: Uh, six missions isn't isn't that that hard to get uh I mean we has has anyone looked at the upcoming page uh let's see if there's anything on the because at last time I checked it's still I, uh, in the at the printer. I think yes. like I, i'm I'm talking yeah. about yeah
1: the, I, I think I Look at it yesterday, and it was <laughs> unchanged. No change.
0: Uh, yeah, at the printer last updated seventeenth uh, of May, so it's two, two, two and a half uh, months at the printer now. So should be either it's done soon, or I recently heard that this upcoming page is mostly bogus. So <laughs> it might not be anything. So <laughs> yeah, so. See. Yeah, either, either they changes in the d- next four weeks or so. Because, or um, I don't know afterwards because
2: I'm I am looking at some jobs in Denmark uh, in the autumn, and uh, I don't know if they'll pan out. But if that happens, then I might be moving. Oh, you'll be and I Won't have my uh, yeah. beloved Imperial Assault campaign group around me when uh, the next uh, campaign hits the hit the stores. So, so yeah. we'll have to see. Um, I would also be interested in playing the fan-made campaign that brings together the Inquisitor, Greedo, and Obi-Wan missions in a in a mini campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's yeah, using known good, yeah. known missions but creating a, a a narrative structure around them. I think that could be interesting. Um, yeah. But speaking of stores, just as a as aside, um, we can now follow up on the news from earlier and uh, say that there is now a news article. On checking for what's at the printer for the Swamps of Nalhata as the new game mat.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, and okay. it so even they do release it. De- it <laughs> even reads:
2: Order your copy of the Nalhata Swamp skirmish map at your local retailer today. At yeah, least they don't.
0: Sure, yeah. I'll do that. It'll come. It'll come late. Lo- late next. At year. least they don't say
2: <laughs> pop down to buy it at your local or something similar. But yeah. Um, anyway, so. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of hoth, so I'm really looking forward to the final uh, mission, and uh, then we'll see what we'll be waiting beyond that.
0: mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I think that's that's all for game discussion this week. Was it, it's, it's actually we we spent a little bit of time on it, so it's fine. Uh, we will not be doing community watch, which will be which I want to save up for episode fifty, for. Maybe doing something special. That's going with to be it. half of half see. of episode fifty then. <laughs> yes, yes. I've been saving up. St- I've been holding back on that because there's a lot of stuff, and I want to have it all condensed in one episode. So people new to the game—that's what I will. I'm actually planning. People new to the game can get a head start on where to look oh, up stuff, where to get in. Where to get in stuff about skirmish, stuff about the campaign, uh, where to get podcasts, where to get written articles, and so and all of the good stuff. So um, all of this, I'm planning it for episode 50, can't promise anything, but that's at least the plan. So we will skip Community Watch, but we will have uh, not really a contest, but something that involves you, the listener. Uh, and uh, this is something I've been mulling in my head for quite a while now. We talked about something similar like this a few episodes ago. And it is, suppose you have a standard skirmish game with two players. What is the most amount of attacks you can trigger in one activation? Like, you can, of course, the the, the two prime examples I can think of are Greedo and the Royal Guard Champions. Um, Okay, Royal Guard Champion. And there are also other maps like uh, other, maps, uh, other cards maybe skirmish cards that can give you ad- additional attacks and maybe multiple greedos and multiple royal guard champions so if you can build an ideal scenario how many attacks can you stack within a single activation that's the that's the question the, i i want you to 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 contact us i will also think about this and come up with more than 5 because i have i have a situation i think where i can get 5 <laughs> but I think five is on the lower end of the scale that's actually possible. So we will see how, how this uh shakes out. Don't forget there is also the hired gun, so um yeah. So if you um if you can get that just mail it via via email or contact us on Discord. Uh so either uh podcast at boardwars.eu or uh HTTP Discord.me slash BWEU. I should be available there most of the time. With me being in Ireland in the next two weeks, I might be not available for most of the day, but I, I will try to check in at least once a day. So if you want to contact me there, you should be able to. Or, of course, you can also leave it on our Facebook page or write in the forums in the threads I'm creating there for our podcast. So um, if you can get to more than five, write us and tell us how to. And then we'll see what we can do with that. And we'll probably discuss the, the result and discuss the, the highest amount of attacks you can get uh, within one Activation next episode or the episode after that. So. Okay, so that's it for our little mini contest for the next one or two episodes. And this is also going to be the end of the show, I think. We managed to say just under two hours if we wrap it up quickly. Yeah! Uh, Pazzi, tell us, uh, do you want to to plug anything before we go?
1: No, just keep playing and having fun with uh, your new uh, skirmish uh, map and the campaign as (laughs) well. No.
0: No inside news at the end of the show? I'm disappointed. <laughs> no. Um, so, Jeppe, anything uh, on your end you wanted to, to talk about? Uh,
2: spill my guts.
0: <laughs> yeah. Really, anything you <laughs> want to Almost spill your guts about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's, yeah. The listeners will not know what so, this is about, but l- let's keep them in the dark on <laughs> <in> that.
2: <laughs> Just uh, never, never. Uh, Never change your diet and never start exercising. It, it's, it's not the,
0: That's probably it's a good idea, stuff. yeah. yeah. It's dangerous stuff. Keep, keep, keep going with what is working, so... <laughs> okay, and for me, uh, I also don't have anything. Like I said, uh, I'm uh, on vacation next few weeks. And I'll be back. And then we'll see about episode 50 and what we're going to do with that. So until next time, I wish you farewell and may the Force be with you. Bye-bye.